Hey, what's up, everyone? If you are drafting today, tomorrow, and you're trying to prep at the last minute, we would recommend a couple episodes for you to listen to. The players no one's talking about before your draft on August 31st. We did Sleepers 2.0 August 29th and the perfect draft pick in each round for August 26th. If you are last second trying to prep for your draft today or tomorrow, we would recommend those episodes also. We have our rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. That has our rankings. And also, if you click on the little position tabs, you can see our tiers at each position that we would follow. And that's got standard half PPR and full point perception scoring. Check that out. All right, let's get to today's episode. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korlbeck. And today we are doing a mail bag. We're recording this on Friday, releasing this on Monday for Labor Day, but we're recording this on Friday and we're just going to get to all your questions. So we got fantasy, a lot of other weird stuff you guys ask. We're just going to jump into it. <laughs> we got an email from Tom and he says, two of my Tom. friends, Sorry. Tom, 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 two of my friends worked in a warehouse with a Pro Bowl defensive back who shall remain nameless during mm. the 2020 offseason. At one point, my friends asked him, this pro, all-pro defensive back, who is one wide receiver who is largely regarded as good, but when they line up across from you, you are not worried at all about what they're going to do on the field. Mm. And the defensive back instantly, without hesitation, <laughs> replies, Tyler Boyd. Damn, tough beat. Yeah, it's rough. So I, I also do want to note, I... I followed up with this person over email and they provided evidence and this did it like I can prove like they provided proof that this actual defensive back they were working with him. So I, I, I believe okay. this story. Okay. Now Tom follows up and asks I want to ask you guys the same question but in terms of fantasy what player is largely regarded <laughs> as like a good fantasy player but when you see them in your opponent's lineup you are not worried. Ooh, I like this one. I like it's a this great, one. It's a great question. Because that, you know, everybody knows that that feeling on Monday night when you're down 15. Yes. Or you're up 15. You're up 15. They have one player left. And like, you know, if it's Christian McCaffrey, you're sweating. But honestly, you know who I thought of this for? My, my Like, I kind of scrolled our rankings and I was like, who am I afraid of? And going through the top guys, and you're like, yeah, afraid, afraid, afraid. I DeAndre Swift does not scare me <laughs> at all. If Don, if I like 15 point lead and DeAndre Swift's there, I'm not like, oh, well, I'm done. <laughs> Quaking. Yeah. I think it's players who only do one thing 
that don't scare me. DeAndre Swift yeah. scares me because he's a running back and essentially a receiver, and the, and the Lions could be losing, and it could be the fourth quarter, they're down 20, and DeAndre Swift catches four b- passes for 60 yards in the final drive of the game. Mainly, I guess, more like the Nick Chubb types, where I'm like, all right, as long as he doesn't run for like 100 yards and a touchdown, like, I'll yeah. be fine. Um, I hate the guys who are, I basically want players on bad offenses or guys who only do one thing. And that's why it's like a Nick yeah. Chubb or, you know, I guess a Najee if the Steelers suck. I wrote down Nick Chubb too. And it's not because he's not good. Cause I think Nick Chubb is probably he's literally great. the best running back in the NFL, but like, yeah, he doesn't catch passes. You're not going to worry about him catching like, like randomly catching 10 passes and just dominating. He really needs to score multiple touchdowns if you're going to like lose to him in that uh, specific week. So this is essentially the question is like, what? what fantasy players are sort of high floor, low ceiling. Um, the other guy that right, came to mind right. was Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm sorry, Browns. I guess I'm like shitting on the Browns. <laughs> but like, I never feel scared when I'm going up against Amari Cooper for whatever. Receiver's reason. hard because they could just catch a 60-yard touchdown and your whole night's ruined. Running yeah. back, it's like this slog. You know, they have to have a good game for four quarters. They got to get 22 touches. They got to average five yards of carry. They got to get all <laughs> the goal line rushes. There's a lot that needs to happen for like Nick Chubb to put up 20. But like, Justin Jefferson could put up 20 and a quarter. <laughs> right. All right. Next question we got here. This is from, uh, we got to screen this stuff. We got uh, Seymour boobs. Seymour boobs. Hilarious. Email. This guy's Seymour. been in the woods a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> which offense that people are assuming is going to be good for fantasy do you not trust? And vice versa, which offense that people are assuming is going to be bad for fantasy do you secretly believe in? Good question. Oh, I didn't read this carefully enough. Oh, cool. Good I, job. So I put, I, the way I interpreted it was everyone's assuming that this offense is going to be good, but they might be bad. It's not necessarily that I distrust this team, but since we've been talking about the Vikings so much, I'm going to throw the Vikings out there. Oh. Like, I, I think that they'll be good, and I'm actually confident in the Vikings this year, but it feels like we're putting a lot of chips in the Vikings, like, you know, basket or what? what's the expression? Chips in the basket. That's eggs in the basket. <laughs> We're putting all our eggs in the Vikings chips in basket. the like chips in the middle of the table, like, like pushing yeah, yeah, yeah. all our chips in. There yeah. we go. That's it. Chips um, in the basket. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like obviously Justin Jefferson, uh, Dalvin Cook, and then Kirk Cousins is like Kirk Cousins. Like, what if Kirk Cousins just goes off the rails and like sucks this year? New coach. Yeah, but aren't they always good? Like, I feel like Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, they're always good. Kirk. Well, no, always- our whole thing is new coaching staff. They're going to be good because you know. Th- and we're like, well, what if, yeah, I see what you're saying. What if they're just not? What if it's worse staff? Yeah, I guess. I just can't I'm, not, see I'm the- not saying I distrust the Vikings. I just think we, we all kind of are assuming the Vikings are going to be awesome, and they might not be. I think there's three, I have three teams I thought of. I, I mean, obviously the Titans, I don't really trust their offense, but like they're all kind of priced. It's not really for Derrick Henry's foot, just everything around there. I just don't like mm. Derrick Henry. That's not the same thing. I think Dallas, this is a little obvious, but like, I mean, man, I've never seen a team that has such insane on off splits as with an offensive lineman, but like Tyrone Smith coming off for Dallas is like the warriors without Steph Curry. It's kind of nuts. That's, like they're just yeah. not the same team. Uh, and they, you know, they're replacing with Tyler Smith who they drafted in, in the first round, Tyler Smith, you know, DK and Sulek, you, you talked about it like the whole year of just, he's a very raw prospect. Right. And then they spent all training camp playing Tyler Smith at guard. So this right. is a raw tackle prospect who practiced a different position who now has to replace. That's not good. Like young offensive tackle. Every time, if you sort most sacks in a single game, all those dudes went against the rookie offensive tackle, like Tyler Smith, honestly. Uh, that's uh, Dallas that's is one, one that comes to mind. That's and that's one. the team that scored the most points in the NFL last season. And, you know, Dallas, the last three years, has always had really stacked offenses, right? They had, like, the best line in the league. Zeke was fully in his prime. They had Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. 
A lot of that has changed, and I still think the name <laughs> brand value of the Dallas Cowboys is sticking with us. Who's the wide receiver too? Exactly. <laughs> like yeah, Noah, just, Noah Brown? I mean, Jalen Tolbert? Noah Brown? Yeah. Uh, the other team I would throw out there is Buffalo in terms of a team that we're just kind of blindly trusting. Josh Allen is a QB1. Stephon Diggs is like a first-round pick. And I'm like, there, we haven't in this pod, we've not talked a lot about like we have Josh Allen as a top quarterback. We haven't really recommended like taking him, you know, where he's going in drafts. And I think part <laughs> of it, we just are like, yeah. Jo the basic story on the Bills is twofold. Well, they had this entrenched coaching staff that took this raw prospect, Josh Allen, and refined him over years, learned how he learns, taught him everything, and he went from, like, literally the worst completion percentage in the NFL to an MVP candidate with right. the best rise in completion percentage and unbelievable starter. Then that guy left, and we're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Dayball not being there is, like, a big storyline that none of us have talked about. Like, what do we know about Ken Dorsey? I mean, obviously, he's been there. He knows the system. He knows Josh Allen. Um, but there's so much more that goes into play calling than just knowing the offense or, you know what I mean? Like there's sequencing, reacting on the fly. Like it's a chess match, literally. Like you, you're reacting to a million different variables throughout a game and having to like manage them and come up with the best plays to defeat whatever de defense that they're throwing at you. This is the NFL. The other guys are paid too. So I think like play calling is such <laughs> an art. That's the ultimate. You're right. It's the ultimate cliche. cliche. <laughs> yeah. The other guys also get paid. Um, but I mean, I do think it's just like it, it, it their play calling is a lot different than being like knowing the offense. You know what I mean? And like, you know what the most underrated part of play calling is? You're so right. They have to get the play calling in like eight seconds. Yeah. That's it's, the yeah, thing. You it's like so it, fast. It's yeah. so it's not fucking Madden where you get 25 seconds. Like because they have you. Josh Allen has to call the play, get to the line. You know, point out the safeties, the, the safeties move up, yep. audible the line, put someone in motion. Like, I'm not exaggerating to say a quarterback has to do about 20 things right. in about tw like 30 seconds. That's why you always see quarterbacks. This is a huge tangent, but it's like you always see quarterbacks like looking at the sideline, like going, like waving their hand, like, yeah, come on, yeah, hurry, yeah. get the play call in. Fucking give like, me so the you play. You have to decide yeah. on the play. Immediately, and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, it's 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 so we'll see. But I think the Bills are the answer to this. Uh, it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got an email from Conzo. Wait, we didn't do I, the we didn't do the bad offenses that might be good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who, who Real you got quick. For that? Uh, there's a couple here that I wanted to point out. Craig, you're gonna love this. The Steelers. Wow. The Steelers to me are just one of these offenses that they've got so many good players, but we all assume they're going to fucking suck. And I, I understand definitely that it's related to the quarterback situation. But what if, what if Trubisky is just like league average? What if Kenny Pickett comes in and is like pretty good for a rookie? Like this offense could actually be good. Um, I understand that the offensive line is not very good, but man, they just got so many good skill players. And maybe these guys can just make up for the fact that their offensive line isn't that great and the, and the quarterback situation's in flux. Well, yeah, what's the, is it the Winston Churchill quote? Like it's, in, they're an enigma wrapped inside of a riddle or whatever. That, that <laughs> I think that was uh, Patrick Starr. The inner machinations of my mind is an enigma. Uh, yeah, I agree with you about <laughs> Pittsburgh. Another team I think everybody's really down on, especially because of all the offseason hullabaloo is Arizona. I kind of think Arizona is going to be good offensively. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're all forgetting that Kyler Murray is just a, a perennial top five quarterback. And mm -hmm. I think Marcus Marquise Brown's going to be good. James Conner's going to be really good. Uh, the Cardinals score a ton of fucking points and put up a lot of yards. 
And I actually think the Kyler Murray play calling kind of like tiff with the front office. Him and Cliff Kingsbury seem to have always been fine. So I I don't know. I actually think Arizona's kind of a buy low. I don't I don't think they're going to be a good team, but I think they're going to be a fantasy friendly offense. Mm-hmm. I think there, every year there's a storyline that's so big that the the fact that it is a storyline actually probably affects the story itself. Like last year, Aaron Rodgers and everything going on with Green Bay was such a big story that I actually think it truly did probably motivate Aaron Rodgers and like alter his behavior enough to like actually play better. I actually do think the Cardinals video game thing with Kyler was such a, like they can <laughs> sometimes these guys pretend to not hear the noise. I, there's no way that this does He's not pissed. actually make Kyler spend yeah. more time every day trying to like play football. It's not. It the has same. to. This is a superstar who is just constantly used to to receiving praise and everybody kissing your ass and like he's literally the best player in the history of Texas high school football. He's practically never lost a football game until he got to the <laughs> NFL. No, and now he people are questioning his his dedication, his ability, yeah. his his intelligence. I, I don't know. I, I think Kyler could go scorched earth, as they say. It's uh, I, 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 it's kind of like it's. I know it's not like unknown, but I just always think it should be said with Kyler as the prologue is forty one and zero in Texas high school football, three state championships, goes to Oklahoma, drafted in baseball, wins his Heisman in his only season as a starter, loses one game that's cr- it makes it the college football playoff, loses so two losses till he's like twenty one years old in football, lost two games, yeah, and then like you know what I mean, and it's just like. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Leo it's, DiCaprio it's gets broken up with by a 25-year-old. <laughs> he starts having like, to yeah, date 30-year-olds. <laughs> and then like two years go by and people are like, does this guy care? It's like, yeah. So I, I think that's a good one, Craig. Although, you know who's a Glansburg? It's Marquise Brown. We probably yeah, haven't yeah. spent enough time talking about the upper bound of like, what if Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray like do, you know what I mean? Like Marquise hey. Brown with Lamar versus Kyler's deep ball. Kyler has such a better deep ball than Lamar. Such a good call. This is a good segue, Heifetz. Read the next question. Oh, so well, there you go. So Conzo asked Andrew, the freaking Andrew, the Love Andrew, Andrew WK. WK. Andrew yeah. WK once hosted a game show called Destroy, Build, Destroy, where teams blew up an object, built vehicles out of them, and they're destroying the other team's vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that wow, sounds amazing. That's like the party that, lifestyle right there. It does sound cool. Which players could give early value, serve as a trade piece, and finally blow up in your league mate's face? So, yeah, Marquise that's a good Brown. One. Marquise Brown. That is a good one. <laughs> and or Tyler. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games of the season. Like, you yeah. know, Marquise Brown, number one in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think that... The only problem with that is it's it's not a secret. Like, if you're trying yes. to shot Marquise Brown in week six, everyone's like, <laughs> hey, man, I know, what you're, I know what you're up to. Part of that, too, is like you could wait. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a risk, but you could wait a couple of weeks after... Hopkins gets back and if he still has a couple good weeks then you can sell him because the, the Cardinals collapse in the second half of the season every year and their offense just falls <laughs> apart. Kyler Murray gets hurt, whatever the issue is, and then they completely fall off the cliff. Um, but yeah, I think big part of it is you have to get someone that's not paying attention to the DeAndre Hopkins news. I think the real answer to this is you don't know who the player is yet, but you'll know when it happens. It's like with the Supreme Court with porn. You can't describe it until you see it, but you know when you see it. <laughs> It's like Mike Williams in 2021. We like we all knew when Mike Williams was the number one wide receiver in fantasy by in week five that this wasn't going to continue. It's a mental battle of can, can I understand that this value is going to drop and can I can I play it smart and you know you know sell high as they selling say. high is so hard. There's it's hard. There's six guys. You know, it's selling high is the hardest thing to do. We'll talk about this more as we get into the season. But selling high is the hardest thing to do because every year there's about eight guys that are on a tear after a month, two months. And you're like, do I sell high or do I stick with it? And only one of those eight people 
is actually worth holding on to the whole season. Right. Like one will be Cooper Cup, but the odds are they mm. will not be. They will be more like Mike Williams. Exactly. And like you always think it's your guy. But it's not. Odds. You got to play the odds. Exactly. And so it's tough. Um, with that said, I do think that, you know, we always talk about like having a receiver who could like be that top guy for you. And maybe we could probably have done a better job kind of explaining that it doesn't have to be the whole season. Like sometimes you just need that guy to be hot for a stretch. You know, Mike Williams last year, you know, we probably lost people for games when he cooled down, but the first five weeks of the season, Mike Williams probably won people a ton of games. Marquise Brown, the first six weeks, yeah, we probably underrated how much Marquise Brown might just be a top 10 receiver by, you know, mid-October. So totally. we'll see. I'm very interested in that one. He's probably the best one. All right, before we move on, let's get into a FanDuel read. We're going to kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code Ringer Fantasy to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. There are two bets week one that I love. Parlay them together. I like San Francisco on the road in Chicago. Minus six and a half is the spread. And we've been harping on this one a lot. The Broncos are still minus six and a half in Seattle. So I like two road favorites. I like Denver laying six and a half. And I like San Francisco laying six and a half. Jam those together. You'll have a happy Sunday. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. We just talked about Marquise Brown. Check his totals. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. And FanDuel is also now live in Kansas, so don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code RINGERFANTASY. That is promo code RINGERFANTASY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Hi, Fitz and DK are not here right now to judge how well I read that disclaimer, which I nailed, but that's because I recorded it after. A little podcast magic. Okay, back to the show. We got another question here from <laughs> Draft Zaddy. Mm. Zaddy. Okay. DK, I, I, do you know what that means, Zaddy? No. DK, you're a Zaddy. Right, I'm not yeah, sure. He's a Zaddy. Uh, he, a similar question to this, which is, uh, is Michael Carter, the Jets running back, a relevant running back for the first five weeks? And then after that, if Brees Hall takes over, who do you think would be a good option? I think, I agree. I do think Michael Carter probably will be a, like a good second running back if you've gone elsewhere, like a flex option-ish piece. Like he's probably more just depth, depth running back, but he's like serviceable. For the first month or so, right, DK? Yeah. He, he's the guy I almost put on the last question where after a good month, if he's like producing, he's still the quote unquote starter for the team, blah, blah, blah. Like that could be a good situation where you sell high and eventually expect that Brees Hall is going to take over in that backfield as the season goes on, even if they still split reps, like maybe it switches. So he's, he was another guy I had in mind for 
um, for this. And so that's why you have to kind of keep in mind how the rotation is going to work and how teams have treated rookies in the past. Like the post-buy rookie bump is a real thing in fantasy and in, in, in the sense that a lot of times these rookies are just playing catch-up the entire time. Like there's a playbook. It's extremely difficult to learn a playbook, get into the rhythm of an NFL season. A lot of times you go from college to the NFL and your schedule is completely different. You have to kind of get used to that. There's a lot of physical rigors. It's a longer season than the college season. Um, so anyways, long story short, a lot of times rookies have a really good second half of the year once they've kind of like figured out how to be a pro. So yeah. keeping keep that keeping that in mind can be a good re- way to like sell high on stuff. <clears throat> I'm a fan of Frankensteining the RB2 position. It's it's the it's yeah. the position I, yeah. I care the least about because it's the one that you can most effectively supplement via the waiver wire. And drafting guys like Michael Carter, starting them for a little while, drafting guys like Kenneth Walker and hoping, not hoping, but you know, perhaps Rashad Penny gets banged up and Kenneth Walker comes in in the second Mm -hmm. half of the season. Like I think all that type of stuff, picking up a Jeff Wilson on the waiver wire, if Elijah Mitchell gets banged up, that that is kind of like my ideal cheap way to to, to kind of run your RB2 position. Yeah, Yeah. the guys who will be more valuable earlier in the season, like the Mike Davises, who probably might start for the Ravens in week one, Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon is probably going to be more valuable in the first couple months than later. And then, yeah, yeah later year options. Jeff Wilson or Tyrion Davis-Price, I just really— I mean, I Ooh, that's a good one. Gets, yeah. I don't wish anyone gets hurt. I just really am doubtful Elijah Mitchell makes it through a season as the yeah. running back. That's why we ranked him so low. It's just he's Jeff so Wilson's going to win like a lot of people fantasy championships. And he's injury-prone, too. So it's like I think every week Jeff Wilson starts as a top-20 running back, and then when he gets hurt, too, it's Tyrion Davis-Price. Like, those are two guys, if you're in like a 14-team league roster, if not, just keep an eye on waivers. James Cook for the Bills, maybe the second half of the season. But, like, you know, it, it's tough depending on the – I'm not saying roster those guys like, or, like, the Jeff Wilsons yet, maybe. Uh, but they're stashes. Got an email from Tom. Tom. <laughs> which, players, which players this year are, like, crypto? My best exa- – and Tom writes, my best example in the past is Josh Gordon. He made a select group of weirdos, really rich, <laughs> and then there was a cult built around him for about, uh, about owning him long after he was done being valuable. <laughs> And I was like, "Wow!" Just that inserting is- crypto commentary into the podcast here, right? That's so fine. Uh, clearly, Tom is not a, not long on Bitcoin. <laughs> so, well, Tom then says uh, another example could be if someone uh, that the nerds liked, and then Matt Damon told us to buy it in February, and then it immediately immediately takes. As soon as Tom Brady put laser eyes in his in his uh, profile <laughs> picture on Twitter, like the price went like half. Well, uh, Craig just mentioned Rashad Penny, and I yes. have to say, in December. Yes. Rashad Penny was literally like the number two running back at all of fantasy. Yes. And like in December, Bitcoin was like $65,000. And then now it's like, <laughs> I don't want Rashad Penny on my team. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could make the argument Rashad Penny is like GameStop stock, but I, <laughs> it's, it's honestly pretty spot on. I mean, I wrote it down as well. It, it really is Rashad Penny. Uh, a couple other guys like Amon Ross A. Brown. Number two receiver. And now we got him like number 30. Gabriel Davis, literally just because of that one game in the playoffs. And then fucking Trey Lance, man. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say he made a bunch of people rich last year, but, you know, maybe people streamed him those two seasons and the hype around him and the draft capital that we're telling people to invest in him. Who knows? Maybe he's going to make people rich the first six weeks and then get benched. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're selling Trey Lance's Bitcoin and we hope he's not like Libra or whatever I, Facebook Yeah, did. We're like selling Trey Lance the way like Elon Musk pumps up Dogecoin on Twitter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> The difference is like we're not smart enough to profit off everyone else not having Trey Lance. Like other people would have figured out how to do that. We just didn't figure that out. How do you short? Hey, how do you short him? Yeah, that's a good question. Not uh, having him. So one day we'll we'll unveil and create the fantasy football stock market, and we'll make a lot of money. <laughs> I think we should have we should have like invent a fantasy Ponzi scheme. 
That sounds good. Uh, according to Craig, we already have one because this is useless and pointless time and energy spent prepping for podcasts. Or, it's sorry, not a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a waste of time. <laughs> uh, okay, I wrote down Antonio Gibson. How could you guys forget about Antonio Gibson here? He's gonna he's gonna be the well, starter for the no, first four weeks because literally Brian Robinson got shot, which I know is a terrible situation and everything. But like once <laughs> Robinson comes back. A terrible situation and everything. Okay. Yeah, I didn't plan out how I was going <laughs> to perfectly say the part it's fine. about Brian it's Robinson fine. being shot. Yes. We all get it. We all know. No one, yeah. He's uh, going to be okay. Anyway, Antonio Gibson made a lot of people money last year, probably the nerds. Uh, select group of weirdos. Did he, though? Said. He was fine. Like, he was fine. I guess he was good. <laughs> it wasn't like Josh Gordon. My friend still thinks Josh Gordon is the best wide receiver of all time because he had him the one year he had 1,600 yeah. yards on his fantasy yeah. team and is just convinced. Here's another one. Heifetz, you're going to love this. Mike Davis. Wow. But Mike oh, Davis sucked geez. last year. Why did no, you I'm say saying I'm Mike gonna Davis is going to be the starter for the Ravens for the first like four or five weeks until we get uh, J.K. Dobbins back to full health? I don't get, I don't, I feel like you're not invested in crypto. You're on. You're doing the, the the relevant RB in the first month question. We're we're on the crypto question. I feel like you've conflated the two. This is who is a okay. The, the best example is Josh Gordon. I get that, but like this is. Are we talking about players in the past that have been good and now they suck? This is yes. It's like what flash in the pan has influenced your opinion on somebody so much that uh, it actually doesn't align with their value. But whose stock also? Well, I think I thought it more is whose stock has cratered because crypto's been cut in half this year. Wow, none of us were answering this the same I was way. just kind of picturing it. I, I was picturing it too much like for the first few weeks, everyone's going to pump up this guy. Everyone's going to tell him how great he is. And then it's going to be not va- It's going to like, his value is going to crater. DK is predicting the crypto rise. And we're right. kind of I just was about- thinking about it differently. But that's, I get what you're saying now. I feel like no one's going to be like, wow, Mike Davis had a great couple weeks. I guess he'll just keep the job over J.K. Dobbins. It's funny that even when we're trying to just compare crypto to something, it's still confusing and nobody really gets it. <laughs> no, it's just, you just kind of keep nodding. Yeah, but what's its yeah, utility, yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig? Like, is it a real asset? It's like, better well, than so fiat have money. To go, it's the blockchain, so, Craig. So Come when on. man invented fire, <laughs> fortune every, favors you talk to the any crypto. Talk yeah. to any crypto person long enough and they'll eventually talk about fire. It's, it's just, it's like the fire and then it's like the electricity and then the internet and it's like boom governments right, and it's pretty much just scientology for money you literally have to say fiat <laughs> every time you talk about it fiat, fiat currency for money. <laughs> my mom had a fiat like a car <laughs> that's different fiat but yes well, she paid right. for it with fiat let's okay, get the hell away from this crypto question okay yeah. <laughs> stop answering this <laughs> no, uh, i don't understand crypto okay we got an email book landsbergs from a fellow danny danny Danny. Just wanted to quickly bring up Glansberg. So Glansberg, he wasn't even mentioned in the Glansberg. We're not mentioning Glansberg pod. That man is Hunter Henry, Patriots tight end. Mm. Danny says that of the multiple fantasy football podcasts I listen to, I've literally only heard Hunter Henry's name mentioned once. <laughs> and it was the only time was because someone at misspoke and meant to say Hunter Renfro. <laughs> and Hunter Henry is such a Glansberg. I would be surprised that you realize he scored nine touchdowns last year. Should I feel awful with Hunter Henry as my top tight end? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Basically, Hunter Henry's not dissimilar to Damian Harris uh, in the way that they performed last year. Essentially, a lot of Patriots' value was inflated because of 
kind of unpredictable touchdown scoring. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, I mean, Hunter Henry, geez, I just misspoke right there. Hunter Henry <laughs> never actually said his name on purpose. <laughs> Faith is a fact, Craig. No, faith is a fact. Oh, God. Uh, Hunter Henry was the 11th best tight end in points per game. But like his points, you know, he scored like eight points a game. He was with like Ertz, Logan Thomas, Goddard, Noah Fan. He was just like one of all of them. He was, there's no difference. But the reason why he was up there with them is because he was second in end zone targets and more importantly, first in red zone touchdowns. He had nine tied with mm-hmm. Mark Andrews. Uh, but he, he, he saw a very low target share, 14% of the teams, which is not very high. And basically, when he scored a touchdown, he was a top 12 tight end. And when he didn't score a touchdown, he was not even in the top 18. The reason why he's not up there is that he's extremely touchdown dependent. He scored nine last year, and we don't expect that to happen again. And adding to that, Jonu Smith was like not really a big part of the offense last year. They just, number one, he's been a huge like hype guy during uh, Patriots training camp. Apparently, he's gotten a ton of looks in the offense. They've got this whole new offense kind of geared around him. They got rid of their fullback. And so they're maybe going to use like John o. Smith as a de facto fullback style player, you know, um, and well, Diga, let me throw a number on that to punctuate that point about John o. Smith last year. This is from Nathan Jonke at PFF. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry ran 400 routes last year. John o. Smith ran 160. So Hunter Henry had 200 and almost 250 more routes than John o. Smith. And in the preseason where they like week three, where they played a whole half, they ran the same amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hunter Henry it's going to be the uh, a fantasy nightmare because you're going to have a platoon at tight end and you exactly. don't want that. Um and the other thing is they just restructured his contract today. Uh which is like essentially giving him more money now whatever like pushing the cap bits later. He he is uh going to be a big part of this offense it feels like based on all the actions that they've made, the money they paid him. Um why wasn't he a bigger f- factor last year? I don't know. I need to like go research that I, I do remember hearing there was like some he had covid or there was some issues with covid early in the season he kind of got behind in training camp um and then he just like never really caught up and got ingrained uh part, become part became part of the offense like fully like they expected him to um i need to i need to like go back and, and look that up but there was just a lot of extenuating circumstances from what i understand that he just didn't kind of like get into the offense like the way that they expected him to because like hunter henry and johnny smith got paid almost the exact amount of money so would you guys say that you are higher on Jonu or Hunter Henry this year straight up? Uh, well, Jonu Smith has never had more than 450 yards in a season. And I kind of just can't get over that. Like, gun to my head, I'd probably pick Hunter Henry, but I, I would just avoid this this tight end group because it's probably going to be like the Browns have had where you have you have two tight ends. And if you have two tight ends, you have none in fantasy. It's, it's pretty crazy that the Patriots, still despite Heifetz's take on the take purge from last Friday, um, they could still very well make the playoffs, and yet they might not have a single interesting fantasy football player on their entire offense. <laughs> I, they don't. Ramondre. Well, the like, running back I guess. Is a gamble. Yeah. I, I take David and Joku if he's there over Hunter Henry. I just just do it. They don't have a single guy that's top twenty at their position in fantasy football. Take Pat Fryermuth. Take David and Joku. Take Irv Smith over Hunter Henry. Like you just, I just, you just, you know, you can, but. So anyway, all right. You want to guys a completely different question? Sure. I got an email from, I'm going to leave this person's name out. Okay. Starts with S. They'll know who they are. S. It's about porn in the woods. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) And if you haven't been listening, you'll get it now. Wow. Cut that. that (laughs) Just doxed him. (laughs) Can you believe that name? Can you believe that? 
Oh, just sure. Just beep it. Ron yeah. Burgundy. That's really funny, though. I, sh- I just uh. reading the email and I just like bleep it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just read the name. Yeah. All right. He writes as a full fledged old guy. I'm here to back up Danny <laughs> Kelly. Hell yeah. Hiding porn in the woods and finding porn in the woods was 100% a thing back then. I'm not meaning this as bragging or some why back in my day rant. It's the opposite. It's just how sad things were at the end of the 20th century. (laughs) In the days before the internet, the most accessible form of porn for prepubescent teens was in print. There were movies, but they were only available in like heavily monitored special rooms at the video store. He said pubescent for the record, not (laughs) prepubescent. Oh oh my God. Boys in puberty. To be specific, I don't want to like gloss over that fact. Okay. Okay, He's not talking. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you were lucky and had a friend with Cinemax on their cable package, but then you'd have to stay up late and hope their parents were heavy sleepers because there was only one cable box and it's looked up in the living room. No, your best bet was always magazines. Small, portable, easy to hide. If your dad had some in his sock drawer, you could sneak one out while he was still at work, flip through it, return it before he got home. You'd have to be yep. pretty ballsy to try the game of shame chicken if you discuss, that you guys discussed in the show. I never knew anyone that brave. I once helped a friend build a fort in the woods behind his house. And the unspoken purpose of this fort was always to store porn. I'm thinking now of them. Um, you can call it perhaps a porn hub, if you will. Oh. <laughs> we would do dumpster dives down at the local convenience store at the end of the month because when the new magazines arrived, they tossed wow. the old ones in the trash. It's like bagels. You this can is get like to- enterprising. Wow. It's like you go to a Love bagel this. shop at the end of the day and they give you all the bagels for free in <laughs> a bag. Like Seinfeld when they just do the muffin tops and they're like, what do we do with all the stumps? And they kind of throw them out. Amazing. So they dumpster dive for the porn max. Then we'd stash them in the fort where we wouldn't have to worry about them being discovered by our parents. No. There was not any masturbation at the fort, at least not when I was there, but the, the fort wasn't at my house. Uh, there were other party spots in the woods where older kids would go to drink beer and get high. Sometimes you might find an abandoned magazine there. Straight up shoplifting was always an option. I knew a guy who would slip a porno into a regular magazine, then bring it to the register and pay for it. That wouldn't work with the high end stuff like Playboy. Too mm. thick, too many ads, but the hardcore stuff. Too much was good like four- reading in there. Yeah. yeah. Too many interviews. <laughs> The, the articles are, are why I buy it. Yeah. But the hardcore stuff was like 40 pages. You could sneak that in the middle of an SI. <laughs> wow. So, this is oh very detailed, and I 100% know what exactly what And he wraps about. it by saying, remember the sweaty tension when McLovin is in the liquor store. That's pretty much what we had to endure. <laughs> sweaty Anytime tension. we wanted to How look at you? pictures of boobs. <laughs> old enough. Oh, anyway, that was life as a horny teen before everything went digital. Be happy you're in the internet age. Did you ever, DK, did you ever shoplift a nudie mag? No. But I know that, that like, the slip it in the other magazine thing, that's just, like, a it's a well-known trick. I like that. Oh, yeah. People used to put, like, candy bars in Slurpees and then buy them. I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day, you they'd have the plastic wrapping around the porn mag because they'd put, like, a like a, a cardboard piece in front of the cover because it was, Oh, like yeah, to cover it, yeah. Too yeah. graphic. So oh. you'd slip it out of the plastic sheath and put it into another magazine or whatever. How would you know it was just a cardboard covering so you couldn't see the magazine at all? How did you know what the magazine Well, they'd, they'd cover everything up into the title oh, oh, oh. of the, yeah. Free the nip. Man. <laughs> and now a, a funny follow-up of the, what the internet age is like. We got an email from Isaiah, who is a te- seventh grade teacher and says oh, no. every kid in the school has been issued an iPad. <laughs> and oh, it, no. they said the kids had a contest to figure who could download the best VPN and look up Pornhub at recess. And he says, needless <laughs> to say, the VPN did not work, and the staff could see everything and everywhere the content, quote-unquote content, was accessed. 
and the principal, um, quite the job on his hands. Boys are just little wild animals running around. <laughs> Feral. <laughs> Seriously. Feral. Uh, what is with the people names that emails? Someone said Stickman. Nice. You get an email from Stickman. Stickman. Who are the cheap teammate pairs? I, this is the most ridiculous segue I've ever done. Stickman asks, who are the cheap teammate pairs where they could either dramatically outperform where they're being drafted? There's Sky Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster for the Chiefs. Rashad Penny and Ken Walker, the running backs of the Seahawks. Devin Singletary and James Cook for the, the running backs of the Bills. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris for the Patriots. Uh, is there any others we're missing here? Or is there any of those that you know you might target and try to you know get a huge value? If you want a really bargain shop, there's obviously larger ones like, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. But if you want a really bargain shop, what do you guys feel about like Wandale and Kadarius Toney? Ooh, that's a good one. Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore. What about Russell Gage and Julio Jones? Now that's so now that's, that's a really good one. Um, yeah. I also think it's not a bargain shopping get A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Maybe not all three of them, but like, you know, Devontae, Dallas Goddard. That's a good one. Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. Not yeah. saying I love the Titans offense, but like, man, like they're like they're outside the top 100. You can just get like, you know, you know, I mean, Robert Woods is like the number one. Trillin Burke's like kind of has to work his way to be a starter. But like, you know, it, it, that's a free one. You know what nobody's talking about? You know, a few uh, episodes ago, we discussed Zay Jones as like a, as a comatose sleeper because we were like, <laughs> how no one's mentioning that there is any other receiver on the Jaguars except Christian Kirk. We have not talked about a single pass catcher not named Kyle Pitts or Drake London in Atlanta. Who are the other wide receivers? It's Brian Edwards. Alamade. I mean, Alamade Zacchaeus. And Demir Bird's on the team. Like, do you guys have any faith in Zacchaeus or Brian Edwards to do anything? Anyone other than Drake London, who, by no. the way, is hurt right now, and we don't necessarily know if he'll play week one. <laughs> right. That's kind of why Kyle Pitts is very close to Michael Pittman in our rankings, and they're very similar. It's kind of like, especially if Drake London's hurt for the Falcons, like, it's the same thing. It's just like, here's a really great guy and then no one behind him. It's kind of like how Devontae Adams and Green Bay always just had, like, Devontae and then, like, five guys who should be number four. And that's kind of what Atlanta's like if Drake London's out. Brian Edwards is one of those players who I'm always going to hold my stock in. I think he's good, and I thought he was good in Oakland. You think Oakland. he's good because John Gruden compared him to Terrell Owens one time. He had a couple really strong fourth quarters, I remember. Maybe it was in overtime. He had like one game where he like completely took over a fourth quarter in overtime, and I thought he was great. Wasn't he a big recruit, DK? Uh, I don't know. He was he was very good early on in his career at South Carolina. And he, so like the in the dynasty community, like breakout age is a big deal. And he was like really good as an 18-year-old freshman at South Carolina. And he kind of plateaued though a little bit. Like he just never really fully, fully broke out. So So now people kind of doubt him, I think. It's only 23. Yeah. That's crazy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai 
Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Brian Edwards. I'm trying to remember that game, Craig. I can't, I've, I've vaguely I remember talking about, about it. It was yes. Raiders. I think it was Ravens on Monday Night Football, but I think yeah. he also fumbled to like ruin the game. I could <laughs> well, be wrong. I have to worry about that. He didn't do, no, that was the game. He didn't do anything in the right, in the four, in the four first four quarters. And then oh, he catches yes. in overtime and he had I more, sta- he had more yards in like overtime than like the regular, regular time in the, in September. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Pronunci- we got an email, Brian and pronunciation. Uh, what are the words DK can't pronounce? Because Heifetz, you know, obviously it's he Heifetz can't pronounce penalty and dolphins. Craig oh, has an dolphins. under. Yeah, I know. Craig <laughs> I has a less remarked one, but Craig can't say the word Achilles. What? Say it. <laughs> Achilles. No, you can't. Oh my God, he's right. That sounded can't right. How do you say it? No, you say it like, like Achilles. Achilles. He has oh, like, yeah. like two E's. Achilles. Yeah, I no, you're saying you it saying like. That. Is that my saying it like, incorrectly? He tore his Achilles. Well, you're saying it like a kill, like K-I-L-L is like how I say it, like Achilles. Yeah, Achilles. You're saying like a, a, you're saying like it has two E's instead of one I, Achilles, but it's like Achilles. Achilles. <laughs> and I'm saying Achilles. Yes. <laughs> Craig's so confused. It's a good note from Brian. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Brian. I'm going to think about that all Labor Day weekend. I know. DK, you don't mispronounce things. You just get f- sayings wrong. Like, I'm going to put all my chips in one basket. That's what you do. <laughs> Mixed metaphors. Yeah. Uh, Mixed metaphors. I was going to say, the, what, the words that I always struggle with, there's two words to say that I have str- uh, struggles with. Corollary, which not only can I not really say correctly, I don't 100% feel confident <laughs> in using it correctly. <laughs> Isn't it just, it's when things are correlated. I always thought it was cor- like corollary. Col- like, I always like, Mix up the R and the L's. Anyway, and the other one is vulnerable. I always say vulnerable. Vulnerable. I don't know how to say it. Vulnerable. That's tough. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. I just don't say that stuff anymore. If I can just tell you what I think less of you after hearing you try to say that. Okay. I I wish I didn't, but it just happened. All right. Say penalties. Um, Say penalties. I think highly of you, higher of you now because you were so vulnerable right there. (laughs) No, I think of him just being vulnerable. (laughs) Uh, we got an email from Bradley and he Brad. says, what's the draft strategy for a two quarterback league or super flex? How much earlier and what greater emphasis should be put mm. on drafting quarterbacks, especially relative to like the blue chippers like Christian McCaffrey and Cooper cup. Ironically, Bill Simmons also actually asked us a similar question True. right before this episode. Superflex. If you don't know about Superflex, Superflex is a league where you have an extra flex spot where you can start a quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, running back. You're at a huge disadvantage if you don't start a quarterback at that spot because quarterbacks generally, with most scoring systems, will score a lot more points than other skill positions. But the nice part is, it's unlike a two-quarterback starting league where you have to start two quarterbacks. If you're really screwed with injuries or buys or whatever, you just have no second quarterback option, you can start a running back or receiver. So that's why a lot of people like Superflex as opposed to just straight-up two QB leagues. Um, And then as for strategy, yeah, it changes the strategy completely. You have to get a quarterback. You have to get two quarterbacks pretty early in your draft. I would say my strategy typically is two quarterbacks in the first three rounds or maybe two two quarterbacks in the first like three or four rounds. Um, but if you push it any further than that, you're really kind of like risking it. I like to prioritize quarterbacks in a two QB or a super flex league because quarterbacks yeah. don't get hurt. And, you know, spending a first round pick on Christian McCaffrey while it can work out, it can also kind of torpedo your team. And drafting Patrick Mahomes is very unlikely to do that. I think that in a two, we always talk about how like our rankings are good, but like you, you need, you really do want tiers when you draft. And like we, if you click, go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com, you see our tiers. Like you click on a position, 
and like we'll break our groups out into tiers and basically what you need to do for yourself is figure out where are the guys that like I'd be excited if they were my you know first quarterback who am I like fine with and then who am I just like no and like you need to know what's like the worst player I'd be fine with as like my first quarterback and who's like the worst player that I'd be okay with as like my second quarterback like because Matt Ryan some, some people are going to feel I actually in a two quarterback league I want two top 12 guys like I can't have worse than like Kirk Cousins is my second yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to feel actually I could wait and I don't mind if my first quarterback's Matt Ryan and my second guy's like Ryan Tan. I'll live with that. I would just like you have to know that in advance because what you need to know is like if you wait if you choose not to take in the first round a Josh Allen or in the second round you're like I don't want to take Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson in the second round. When it comes back around to you at like the 40th or 50th spot, you're going to be like taking Matt Ryan. Like that's, or like, that's going to happen. You're going to have to like reach even more disgustingly. And so you kind of have to know, am I like feel weirder taking Jalen Hurts 12th or Matt Ryan, like 55th. Right. And just know that answer. I would lean toward you rarely regret having those quarterbacks, but if you don't mind waiting, that can work too. just target higher upside people. Like Justin Fields might be like, just for the rushing you know, you might have to target those guys or Trevor Lawrence. Like Daniel to make Jones up. later. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Trubisky, you know, or Kenny Pickett, Marcus Mariota, like guys mm-hmm. who might run, even though they might lose their job. Like you kind of have to be a little creative if you're going to wait or just get good quarterbacks. Yep. All right. Phoenix squad Spectre comes in and says, DK, if the song Party Hard by Andrew WK was a player, who would that player be? George Kittle. A hundred percent. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. good George Kittle lives the party hard lifestyle on the football field. It's a really good answer. He feels like he loves to mosh at a concert. Oh, yeah. I could 100% see see him doing that. Also, I randomly just thought of this, but a reminder, everyone's emailing at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Please start emailing us trivia questions because we're going to start doing trivia again. Showdown time. Showdown time. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you got trivia, please put trivia in the subject line. And remember, we need trivia questions that like have like uh, where you can be degrees of wrong. So like a number, like a year, a date, uh, a location or how far something from, is from how an amount. We just need a number because we need to come in order of how wrong we are. One, two, three. So email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for trivia questions. Also, Craig, you noted, you saw the Russell Wilson house, Russell Wilson signed his contract. And then like the photos circulated again about Russell Wilson's house. Yep. And you noted that Russell Wilson's basketball court, he paid $25 million for a 20,000-square-foot bedroom. And you noted that Russell Wilson's basketball court is basically like, there's, it's so, it doesn't have like a three-point line. It's essentially a racquetball court with a hoop in it. <laughs> they might as well just scrap it because I, I, you, you can shoot free throws, I guess, if that's what Russ is trying to accomplish, up his free throw percentage. But you spent $25 million and you can't hit a corner three. I don't understand it. There's also four bedrooms in this house. and it's That's what I was going to ask. This is what I wanted to ask. This is what I wanted to ask. $25 million. That's one bedroom per 5,000 square feet. What Think about that's that. That's the fuck? thing. There's 12 bathrooms. This is my question. Now, here's the thing. I believe, does Russell Wilson have three children? I'm going to look this up. He just did the press conference. Yeah, Russell Wilson has three children. And so if he's in a bedroom and his three kids have their own rooms, Russ Wilson paid $25 million for a house that doesn't have a guest room. Like Russell Wilson's cousin could come visit him in Denver and he won't have a place for him to stay. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can stay That's in the pool. That's insane. Or just, or you could stay in one of the many bad bedroom, uh, the bathroom. Stay at the racquetball court. They'll put up yeah, a stay cot. at the basketball court. Maybe convert the basketball court into a fifth bedroom. Keep the hoop. It's open concept, Craig. It's very <laughs> modern. Also, indoor pools. I don't understand them. I don't. I don't get that appeal. A four, a twenty thousand square foot with four bedrooms is so wild. Why do you have an indoor pool in Denver? Isn't like Colorado <laughs> one of the sunniest places? It's Colorado. Hot. It's definitely hot in the summer. I, it, well, it gets very cold there in the winter, Craig. It gets cold, but I feel like Colorado in like ninety percent, uh, you know, seventy five percent of the year is like pretty good. Well, I mean, isn't Colorado like one of the go to skiing destinations? Yeah, like, it's the mile. It's mile high. Isn't yeah. it literally like the sunniest state? It's definitely sunny, but that doesn't mean it's not cold. It's I freezing do not think in Colorado. Is the sunniest state in America? I believe it is a sunshine what? state. Oh, mas- oh, th- magic! It gets like 300 over three hundred days, days of sunshine. Of sun- yeah. Up, oh, I, I Denver Post. Three hundred days of sun in Colorado. Turns out it's a myth. Well, <laughs> looks like Russell Wilson knew that. I guess. Uh, wow. So if we ever stay with Russell Wilson, he, we're just gonna have to live in a bathroom. All right. I think that's all we got. Uh, we're gonna be transitioning to our in-season schedule. Craig, do you want to illuminate everyone on what our in-season schedule is going to be? Yeah, we will be coming at you right after the games on Sunday nights. Then Monday midday for waivers. Wednesday, we'll be bringing back Power Hour. Those will be coming to you on Wednesday mornings. We'll be power ranking something different every single week. And then Friday mornings, we'll be coming at you with um, some fun NFL preview stuff. We're going to be launching an in-season fantasy football guide, including rankings for every position, uh, QB all the way through defense, even kickers. So look out for that. We'll be incorporating that into our Friday pod every single week. Um, It's going to be great. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Andrew WK again. Thank you to Russell Wilson and the um, the whoever built that house. It's just, I, yeah. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Like, what are all the other rooms? What are the other rooms in that house? Well, the, a the, theater. Pool, the pool is huge. It's probably a gym. Big pool table room. Gym. Some, yeah, some gaudy bar <laughs> area that you could play poker once a year. Maybe a putting green. Some people, you, this is just too much. This is too much house. I'm sure me. he has like a sauna or like a hyperbaric chamber in there. Uh, for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, MGMT. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Nice. You guys okay. know that one. There we go. Yeah, yeah. MGMT. Look at that. Woo. Do you guys do you guys know Passion Pit? Yes. Okay. I I, I think probably. Passion Pit was really big when I was in college. Yeah. They have that one big song, uh, Take a Walk. I'm sure you this would probably not. Yeah. Let's go with that. Anyway, I named I named the song. So <laughs> Goodbye everyone. <laughs>